I'm just going to get right to it. I'm so I'm so excited that I'm so uh, uh, appreciate so much to be able to you know to introduce Harley Larson. Let me just tell you a little bit about Harley. Harley's uh, SNSD, you know, one of the biggest hierarchies in the entire business, guys. And the fact that he's here to teach uh, to give us some fundamentals and help us grow our business, I mean, I think that's really really special. So Harley, thank you. Uh, really appreciate that. So Harley's been in the business for 33, 34 years, guys. Okay. He has 157 different offices and over 2,000 licensed reps. Okay, that's just massive, guys. Okay, and, and check this number out. 3.7 billion in assets under management. Wow, when you think of those numbers, eh? So, you know, and you will never get a better culture uh, than, than what Arlie preaches and drives it right down to the field level. And I'm just so proud to call you an upline and coaching mentor, Arlie. And thank you so much. We really appreciate coming on the call today. So I'll just hand it over to you, Arlie. Thank you. Harley, you're uh, you're muted there. Hold on a sec, Harley. You're muted. Hey, it's an honor. Thank you, Trevor, and uh, it's an absolute honor to be on your call, and to be asked to be on your call. I guess uh, you know when I came here, I looked like Trevor. I had all dark hair. I was not that good looking, but uh, I did have I did have a different look and. It's amazing what 30-some years will do to you. But uh, one thing, you know, you can become an instant overnight success if you're willing to put in 33 years. So uh, that's kind of how it works. There's nothing magical here. And I really appreciate, you know, what you're doing there, Bernard, and your whole team. Uh, you guys are relentless at being able to put together something that people can tie into. Because the biggest challenge with everybody is, they get recruited at Primerica, and then they go, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, but maybe you've heard it. You know, it's it's like a battery. It's like every single day you need to get plugged in. It's like an iWatch. If you forget to put it on the charger at night in the morning, you know, you're, you're, out, of, you're out of time. There's none left. You didn't charge it. You didn't recharge it. And I think a lot of people, you know, they get on these calls and they go, ah, yeah, I don't know if that's beneficial for me. Well, what, it, what are you going to do in place of getting on a call? Because what you're doing is something. And if you've got families and you've got sports and you've got a lot of things going on, you definitely are going to use your time because every day has 24 hours. And every day has a opportunity for you to connect with other people. We are really social beings and we have to connect with other people. It's not like... It's an option. If we don't connect with other people, you're not a very healthy human being very long, and you live on technology these days, and all of a sudden you wake up and you realize life's not very fulfilling. Life's kind of empty. And so a lot of people don't realize that, you know, and Trevor said, you know, I said, what what do you want me to talk about? And I mean, there's there's only two parts to our business. So, you know, there's there's the people part and there's the asset part. That's it. What are the assets? Well. You've got people as assets and you've got money as assets. That's We don't have buildings. We're not in the accumulating buildings for a living. We're in the accumulating financial independence for our clients, which we get to share in. If you could get every client that you meet to understand the FIN number, you would then have them with a one, two, three million dollar FIN number and you would be paid you know, anywhere from twenty to $30,000 a year, you know, on that particular business, if it was a $3 million client, you can figure on at least 
at least uh, a quarter percent on that. So you figure that out. You're, you're talking a pretty good. So if you had 10 of those and you never showed up as being a big recruiter and you never showed up as a, you would end up having a pretty good gig. But you should have hundreds. You should have thousands because this is a world full of people that are all wanting what we want. Everybody wants what we want, right? Nobody wants to sit there and have to go to work every single day when you're our age. And, you know, last night, you know, I, I was looking at some of the incomes this morning and, you know, the phone rang and it was Brent and he said, Dad, what was your biggest uh, trail check on, on CC871? I said, I don't know. But anyway, it was 75000 last night. He had just gone over 10000 in trailers on his own personal code and you know, our family got paid over 120000 last night while I was sleeping, and I go, that's pretty cool. Now, that means nothing to somebody that's sitting there going like, yeah, but that's you, and it's not me. Hey, I was sitting where Shane is sitting. I'm looking at your pictures. I was sitting where Chris is sitting. I've been sitting where Jordan's sitting. I've been sitting where Larry's been sitting, where Nate's been sitting, where Julie's sitting. I've been sitting... You know what, today in Edmonton's a big day because Gina Taniskalka just went over 500,000 last night while they were sleeping. And, you know, hey, they they don't tie into my calls or your calls or anything, but they're Primerica people that have gone out and built a massive amount of assets and helped a lot of people become financially independent. And, you know, Phil and... and, uh, and Catherine enjoy an override on all of their business. And, you know, the the, the only reason I know is because, you know, Jim Thal texted me this morning and I texted Penny and said, send out recognition because to me that's a big deal to go over half a million dollars. And if you decide today that you're going to do 50000 well, go set your goals on fifty and get your fifty. And how do you do that? Well, you know, it really doesn't matter how you do it, but... One of the things, and I'm going to mention this while I think about it, because a lot of people get all screwed up listening to too many people that are too successful too quick. And I posted that uh, million-dollar earner from California after I listened to it. And I listened to it for an hour or whatever it was, the million-dollar earners. I don't get on that call, but I know Trevor posted it and I reposted it. And the only thing I could tell by listening to it was, you know, the mother and dad have been in the business 18 years. The kid comes in the business and he whips it up and he gets a million dollars a year coming out because he built a big base shop and he built first generation RVPs. Uh, that is a very shallow hierarchy, but he makes a million dollars. So that's great. You get the Rolls Royce and you go out there. So you say, well, then in Edmonton, why can't I do that? And why shouldn't I do that? And I would say, yeah, you should do that. There's a couple of things you need to know, though. One is that he's an Hispanic fellow that lives in Southern California. 12 months of summer, a bunch of hungry people, lots of them, you know, fairly new to America, all kinds of people that say, I'm going to sell everybody that moves a life policy, and I'm going to recruit them. And so they recruit and sell a lot of policies, and don't have little to no securities business going on. And then at the end of the day, everybody has either got to die because they they phase out of Primerica, you get about 1% or less licensed and they phase out and they pay these premiums. And at the end of the day, you didn't really build a business. What you did is built a massive momentous, 
you know, get rich for you business, but you didn't really build a business. You didn't really do anything. Yes, you might have helped some people. God forbid they get cancer or they die and they leave their family without life insurance. So you did build a great business. But let me be real frank. I did not build a business that way. And nor do I want to try. And I'm in Southern California. I could probably walk to his place from here. I've been in Southern California since the 23rd of November. And I have gone out on the deck every day in 80 degree weather and ate lunch and did my work. And, and you know what? I ran a, you know, with about three people in the base shop, a million and a half through the base last month. We got another six, 700,000. Now I'm going to on Monday do another four to 500,000. And so that's what we do. And we make anywhere as a family, I think last month was 225 to 240,000 a month. Now, I'm telling you, we recruited every, and I want to show you uh, my history because I, I can't tell you how much I want to be transparent with integrity because a lot of you will not realize that what that kid said on that, and anybody that listened to it or is going to listen to it, but I encourage you to listen to it. What he said has a lot of merit and what what the big hitter call does is keeps finding people that have had really great success and then they they do get them onto the the big hitter call and they interview them and that's great the thing is that if you're in a market of you know ethnic market of, of african americans or an ethnic market of hispanics or the you know anglo-saxon caucasian market it's very different because you might have grown up in a family that came from third fourth fifth generation canadians or americans and we all grew up in those kinds of families where we grew up on a farm with a bunch of kids and we were broke and parents you know did the best to give us the right value system and when you're talking about building people you can't build people different than you are so a lot of times people go, well, what do I do? Like they come and they go, they're supposed to come and go. That's the Canadian, that's the American way. Like, like Bill Render always says, you know, you bring them in and let God sort them out. You can't sort them out. I don't know whether you got the heart of a champion. This business is for people that want to win. This isn't for people that come in here and say, if I get lucky, you probably tried getting lucky every other place. And it didn't work, so don't even think about luck. I've never, from the time I came in, when I started in this business in 1988, I never had any financial background at all. I was a farm equipment dealer, but I had started out becoming a mechanic. My dad was a mechanic and a farmer, and I was. A, I thought, well, I'll be a mechanic. So I went to the mechanic school for two years, and I got to be a journeyman interprovincial heavy-duty mechanic. I have that posted on my wall in my hangar back home, and I remember looking at that thinking, well, at least that's my insurance, because I can go fix some grader or some you know, farm equipment, or I could do something to make a living. And that was like my insurance policy, so I was really proud of that. I'd spent you know, five or six years becoming a heavy-duty mechanic. And then I got into the, the situation where I was pretty good with people, the company, sent me on the road as a service representative. And so I got into being a service rep and then I got calling on some dealers and I looked at the dealer's life and I said, 
you know what? They got a lot better life than I do. I mean, I'm scraping by, making my house payments and feeding my family, but they got a better life than I do. So I started visiting with different dealers because I was a people person and I kind of liked people. I got to be pretty good friends with some of these dealers. And you know, all of them said, you know what, if you ever decide to leave the company, um, you know, come and join me. And so then I started looking through the same as you're doing exactly today. You're looking through going like, who would I want to work with? And, and I decided to pick a guy by the name of George Hunt. George Hunt was in the equipment business, a real, and he was a Chrysler dealer. And he was, so I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. So he said, I'll pay you what you're getting paid now. And you come over and work with, with us. So I did. And at 26 years old, I rolled into a management position at a farm equipment dealership in Swan River, Manitoba. Now, fast forward, we stayed there for 13 years. We built that dealership into being one of the largest in Canada, and we had seven more. So we ended up with a total of seven dealerships by the time I had spent 13 years, because I'm, I'm an expansion kind of guy. And, and, and if you're in business here today and you're not an expansion person, and you're too comfortable with just your little surroundings, you're not gonna pay the price. And that little that little audio that we listened to from the big hitter call with the 22 year old, he made a statement that if you're willing to really work hard, I mean really hard, and you're willing to get all the licenses and you're willing to do the personal production, then somebody's gonna look at you and go like, if you can do that, I can do that. Now I know, you know, Trevor and I, we, you know, he tells me he's frustrated and he's, you know, anxious and he's depressed about stuff sometimes. I said, you're supposed to be. This is a, not a business for pansies. This is a business for tough people. And it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. I came in this business. I don't have a grade 12 education. So I had to go write all the same exams. I had to do all the same stuff, and I, and I want to show you how our numbers, I've never been given an award for recruiting, I've never been given an award for anything much, and I don't really care if I get an award, because I do not work for awards, I work for cash, and business longevity, and I don't want to build a business, I built a business in the farm equipment business, I worked like 24-6, I never worked on Sundays, but you know, worked like a maniac for 19 years in the farm equipment business, only to be told one day that the bank wouldn't give us an operating line, and they pulled the rug under us. So I, I never made up my mind that I learned a pretty hard lesson. When you build anything, build it for yourself. And build it so that when somebody, you know, that can destroy you, doesn't have that opportunity. And I mean, I should have been prepared for that. I should have been smarter. I should have been better, but they pulled the rug under us and we started over in 1988. And so I just said, okay, I'm not gonna get in another business where I need a banker, period. You don't need a banker here. It costs 99 bucks to get in this business. And if you pay 25 bucks a month, you're up and running. You don't need a banker. If you need a banker for 99 bucks, you need to go get a job pumping gas and then come back rather than have me pay for your IBA, you need to get a job someplace and make enough money to get going. And then once you've got going, you go, okay, so now what do I do? 
Well, my very first thing is get somebody recruited and then get them licensed and create a relationship. And if you create a really, really good relationship with people you like and trust, you're going to be in a very good position to have them continue to grow with you. I mean, for 11 years, Trevor Butt was not direct to me. Trevor Butt was under Joe Galbraith, who quit, and Sean Good, who quit. Now, why did I? I loved Trevor Butt. The day I met Trevor Butt and his dear wife, Christy, I loved those people. And so anything I could ever do to help Trevor Butt, I would do it. It wouldn't matter if he was 37 generations deep. It wouldn't make any difference to me how deep he is. He's a person of quality, integrity, values, and wants to win in life. And why would I treat him different? So I just kept the relationship a little bit. Never worked at it much. Trevor called me. One day he called me and says, Arlie, I would go full-time if I could get a mutual fund license. Why don't, why don't you have one? Well, my upline said I can't get one. I said, well, you didn't talk to the right upline, evidently. So I said, let's get you a mutual fund license. He's working at a job. He says, well, I didn't know you could get it about a job. Well, let's get it anyway. So we did, and we got a mutual fund license. Well, then... Trevor's not happy. He's got to leave his family behind and go out into the boonies and uh, and spend a week while his kids are at a daycare and his wife's working and you know and, and Chrissy's going like, yeah, what if he quit that job? Let security go away, you know. And and you know how it is in every family. Whoever brings in the gold writes the rules, right? So what you got to do is realize, well, maybe for a little while, if my wife's making more money than me or my husband's making more than me, then I gotta. You know, I got to suck it up. But at one point, if you build this business right, 10 years into this business, you will be in hog heaven on easy street. You can't not be in 10 years. So just say, well, maybe you can do it in five. Yeah, you could probably do it in five years, but 10 years if you do it right. But you get so many mixed messages in this business that after a little while, you just feel like a dog chasing its tail. You don't know which one to take off on. So you go around and around and around and around and you get on some other training and you get on something else and you get on some, and you don't create for yourself a personal business philosophy, which Art has always said, and, and a lot of times, and I'll play Art Williams things on Monday mornings because Art has a completely obsessed brain with how to coach people in life. Probably, you know, and then if you mix that and you put Art's brain with my ability to say focus on your business from a numbers perspective and you master the people side, you're going to start realizing that people come from every walk of life. we got students on here probably. We've got young married people on here with children. You've got middle-aged married people here. You've got couples here, which we encourage everybody to get a partner. We've got all kinds of people, and then we've got retired people. We've got old white-haired guys on here. I mean, we got everything. So, and you know, then we got good-looking guys like Bernard, and you go like, come on. Like, you know, this is, this is incredible. And so we've got Newfoundland people, We've got New Brunswick people. We've got Alberta people. Uh, I mean, you just got people, right? So then you go like, okay, well, how do you sort them out? Well, you can't sort them out and you can't pick them. That's impossible. So when it comes to recruiting people, you visit with people 
And one of the things, you know, we were talking about yesterday, I was out golfing with a buddy of mine and he's a successful business person. And, and he, you know, he's saying, do you think that we can have the same level of relationships? Was we were, we were sitting at a Starbucks after we were golfing and we we're watching these people coming and going and they come in all shapes and sizes and they still make you sit outside in the parking lot or out under an umbrella to drink a coffee because it's too dangerous to be in the Starbucks. And so we were talking about, you know, what about if we were, and, and we we're talking about the different kinds of natures and styles of people. And, and you know, we're, we're making, he says, ain't it lucky God had a sense of humor and created us all different. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is. Like, what happens, he says, is if we were all created the same, we'd have one little car, comes in maybe three different colors, we'd have one kind of grocery store, we'd have one service station, and we'd have, everybody would do the same thing, we wouldn't need different colored clothes, we'd all just wear the same, we would, everything would be the same, and we got on this tangent, and he says, so then it led to the conversation, do you think we can create a great relationship on an internet Zoom call? And he's in, he runs a nursing home, and he runs a flag business in Oklahoma. And he's got a lot of, he's done really well. And he's, you know, bought a house over here in California because Oklahoma is a little colder than California. So he comes to California and spends some time in the winter. And so we're visiting. I'm in business. He's in business. And he's asking a question. I go, yeah, I think we can. Literally, you know, I think we've got just as good an opportunity on a screen to make a a relationship with Anthony Millen as I do if I come to your house. Because you don't have to clean it up, you don't have to get your wife if you're married all worried about that. So as soon as I as soon as I say I'm coming to your house, you know what happens. You tighten up, you look around, you think, what's it gonna look like compared to somebody else's house? And you don't you know, you don't end up being as comfortable as just jump on there. Now, I got a lot of clients that they go like, well, I'd get on the Zoom, but I don't want you to be looking at me. So I was like, well, don't turn your camera on. You know, turn it on quickly, show me it's you, then I'll deal with you, and you leave your camera off. Like a lot of you people here don't have your camera on. I know you just got out of bed and you don't want me to see your messy hair. And and that's the way it works, right? So you can have a, you can have a total blast on Zoom, how could I possibly meet with 30 of you on a Saturday morning for an hour and have a meeting that was meaningful without flying from California to Edmonton, go through all of that crap at the airport, go through all the taxis, all the hotel room to stay overnight, get there in the morning, and, and we're going to do some of that. But think about it. All I got to do is jump on a Zoom call, get 30 people, and you can spin the wheel, you can do recognition, you can do life apps, you can do turbo apps. I mean, I the other night in 45 minutes with a couple I have never met, but they're children of a great client who lives in Dawson Creek. This couple lives in, in Calgary, and I made $6,000 in 45 minutes doing a life app and three securities apps. And these are young couples that, you know, they're they're in their 30s with their first child coming and they needed life insurance. And the parents said, what are you doing? This couple at age 30 had bought a house, has a very small mortgage and it saved $190,000. And they were in pretty good funds. So when we got looking, I said, well, first of all, 
nobody's ever done a plan for you. Nobody's ever done anything for you except take your money, and the bank had done okay for them. So they said, no, we want you to take care of us because our parents just said, you're the, you're the guy. Will you do that? Sure, I'm in California. They're in Calgary, and I'm doing business with them, and they're sitting on the couch. And they're, I mean, they're as comfortable as can be, and we're doing business, and we now have a relationship established for life. It's a lifetime relationship. Whether I ever see your house makes no difference. Julie, I don't need to see. I don't know where you are in an office, but, you know, I think you were drinking a Starbucks, and I could see, you know, you've been out and about. Yeah. So, you know, there's, do I have to come to your house or office or anything? No. We can have a relationship without coming there. So when you're talking about two assets for this business, you're talking about people, which you really got to get good at, you know, liking and prospecting and getting people. I mean, Trevor's great at that. And, and you know, you can do it through LinkedIn. You can do it through Facebook. You can do it through, you know, referrals. You can do it through anything you want. All you're going to do is reach out. The, the, the fellow on the, on the audio said he used a lot of, uh, you know, technology to get a prospect. Then he would help that prospect once they were recruited to go out there and recruit. And a lot of it was probably done at coffee shops or whatever. I don't know. But all I know is it was a never stop momentum program in adding people, getting them in the system. The neat part is you can do so much more now so much quicker than you ever did before in your life and you could be so much better than waiting for somebody to come to the office to sit down to get them signed up to get them into the llqp course to get them into the mutual fund course and so all of that frustration will be frustrating because now you've got more people than ever coming into your business you've got less and less of them getting licensed because you can't get them to come every week and slap them around at a meeting. Uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on because here you got 30 people. If you had 60, it would, there would be actually one or two more that would get serious. And if you had 120, that would be one or two more. We, On our Monday call, as much as I've done it for five years and run a hierarchy that we include everybody, anybody else that wants to get on, We've only got our call numbers up to roughly on this system about 150. So you guys have done super good. But we now opened up Facebook Live, and Facebook Live's getting about the same amount. So now we're 300. I don't care where you hear us, whether it's a recording, whether it's a Facebook Live, whether it's a, a live Zoom and you have to be in your comfortable chair with at least a shirt on in the morning. I don't care where you hear or get but if we can get people to tie in and show them what a great business this is there is no other business on the planet earth that has the people element and the opportunity to get recurring income so that you know brent calls me my son he's been in the business about 20 years not a big recruiter you know a lot of you have heard brent and eldon and and anton and my son-in-law from calgary on the calls and they're willing to help anybody. We run a corporation. It's a family corporation and all of my, all of the kids are in it, will stay in it. They all make, you know, they get, they get paid 300,000 plus a year. Uh, they have company cars and visa cards and it'd be very easy for them to say, dad, I'm not too interested in really doing anything. 
And I go, yeah, and I'm not interested in paying you anymore, so let's just cut it off. Because that's how life works in life, right? You're not interested? I'm not interested. And I still do keep that control because we run a business. And I run a business and I want to grow, not die. So if you don't want to play in this game, then yeah, we start cutting down your income. You'll, you'll, you'll wake up and start playing, guaranteed. But if you think you've got some kind of God-given rights to, to a free life, then go find some place that that works. It might work in some countries, but it doesn't work in ours. And so I'm at the point where, you know what, when I talk to people, we want to be direct. We don't want to mess around, and we don't want to have you think that this is some kind of goofy business. And a lot of times people, they, they turn this into a goofy business. Trust me, you know, we set a fit number. We're just working on that right now because the company the company has really taken over our FIN number, and uh, now they're suing people who try to use the FIN number. First of all, Doug Jackson, Gore Jones, and Arlie Larson came up with the concept of the FIN and the FIN number. And we took that, and, and I remember being ridiculed at Fast Start Schools, laughed at at meetings in California, literally laughed under the table because we were setting FIN numbers and showing people how to use financial calculators. You understand if you don't know how to use a financial calculator and you're in this business, you're in the stone age. You literally should go back, pull the plug and reset your computer. Because if you don't know how to do that, how are you gonna teach anybody else to do that? And it's on Larson University, you go learn it or that kind of stuff. So you need to really think about, this is training I hope, is this too tough? Not too tough, because Fern just said, be gentle. She's my coach. She's behind here. She said, I'm getting demonstrative. So anyway, I, I actually don't plan it that way, but it comes out that way, because I want you to win so much more than maybe you want to win. And, you know, that's why I spend, you know, all of my time in California on webinars and talking on, oh, I do a bit of golfing too, but. Literally, I don't like golfing that much. I golf because people bug me to golf. And that's why I golf. I, I don't really like golfing that much, and I'm a really bad golfer. And all these good guys like me to go because then they can laugh and they can compare themselves and they think they're really great. And I like them to think they're great. Yesterday, we had a threesome. We couldn't get a fourth guy. So this guy from Fresno, California joined us. And he could, man, he put it on the green every shot. Like, he was a pro. I said, how many times a... A week to golf. He said twice a week. I'm a. He said I was a, in the army, and he said that's all we had to do. And he said then I was. I'm a. I'm a. I work for Corrections California, and he said I golf at least twice a week. And he's done that, and he's in his 50s or early 60s. That's all he's done. And I said if you can't put it on the green after like 40 years of golfing, but I don't golf very much, so I miss it. I go into water. I lose my balls. I do all this stuff. Then you go like, hey. But you know what? I like watching him golf. I thought, you know what? That would be a really good goal. If I'm going to golf, I should pick it up a bit. Cause, so I'm telling this guy, you know, my attitude really sucks about golf. Because he says, well, what's your score? I said, five, six, nine. He said, well, we don't go above six. Okay, five. Just mark me down for straight sixes then. And he says, no, 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 no. And then I, then I, then I, really, then I really hit a good one, and I got it on the green. And just about in the hole, I hit the pick. And I said, oh, this golf game's awesome, man. Let's, yeah, keep score. Absolutely. You know, this is great. 
I got a two on that one. I got a birdie. You know, come on. Why? Why the difference in attitude, the guy says. Like, this guy's my pro buddy. He says, why the difference in Because I won. Trust me, when you win in this business, you feel the same way. You go like, oh my goodness, I, I got a hole in one, or I got a birdie, or I got a par, or whatever. And so to me, you know, I, I'm always thinking in terms of, you know, what can I do to win? I, I mean, yeah, we've got to be in the shade as far as cash flow, but hey, cash flow is cash flow. You don't get any satisfaction from, from a bank full of money. It just took care of the problem that you had when you started that you think was your big problem. And so when you don't have money, the only problem you have is money. You know, or, you know, if you don't have kids, you know how to raise kids. Once you have kids, you know, every day is different. It's always a problem. You're always going to be scratching and tearing and wonder why my kids are this way. Everybody else's kids are perfect. And mine aren't. And what goes on? And then you raise them into teenagers and they remarry or they marry and you go, oh, that's different. So a lot of what you're, you're looking at is just normal stuff. Accept it and go, okay, I'm a bad golfer. I can get good. I'm bad at Primerica. Great. If you get doing more presentations and figure out how to set fin numbers and how to get people to move their assets, you know, pick yourself a really good portfolio and stick with it. Pick yourself a really, really, really good way to, to show people that they need a fin number. And everybody, every one of you have never had the opportunity to be coached to financial independence slowly or fast. But because you want to do it fast, like everybody else, you recruit other people. And because you want to have recurring income, you recruit other people. You can't, I mean, yes, you can get recurring income from a personal asset base. But if I got 30 people here, all of you became my good friends and we set a FIN number for each one of you, every one of you would be a different age. Every one of you would have different desires. Every one of you would have a different lifestyle right now. And you would, you would be thinking in terms of how do I get to keep this at least and get it increased or you know, none of you would be saying, I give up. I don't want to, I don't want to be financially independent. And, and so then every year you just, you just say, how did I grow? And so, when you look at that, and I'm going to I'm going to share my screen for just a minute because I think a lot of times, you know, and and I, I'm I'm very I'm very careful not to try and bombard you with stuff that you know you don't would depress you because you know I was depressed when I started too. Uh, let me go find this uh, how to share the screen now. I should actually know better how to run this stuff, but I don't. So don't feel bad if you don't. When I'm with a client on a call, I go, oh my goodness, I'm bad. And then you get on a call with some of these young folks or some of these really good people, and you go, oh my goodness, this is really pathetic. I'm worse than they are. And uh, so can you see my screen now? Uh, anybody, anybody give me a thumbs up? Or Unmute yourself. Uh, we, I can see it. It's all good. Okay, good. Uh, so this is this is my first code, be, and and the one I started with and paid for the IBA, and back in the and I don't know how well you can see it or it's coming through, but down in the in the left hand bottom corner, 
I started in 1988, and I did that year in 1988. We did 21 recruits, and uh, the total recruits in my base were 21. I think, without fail, every one of those were personal, and my total hierarchy. So the first, the second column, and the third column is the recruiting, and I know right well that literally everything that happened, I did it myself. Then. Art Williams came along in 1989, which is the second number up, and I did 29 recruits at the base, 39 to the hierarchy, because he did the big, he did a big flush and wanted a bunch of RVPs out. So we promoted some RVPs then, and so we started building through our total recruits, and we've never, until the year 2001, which was uh, 12 years into the business, in the base shop, we never did 100 recruits until 2001, which is like 13 years. And by that time, our hierarchy in the next column had built up 528 recruits. And uh, and if you go across, right across to the last column, it'll show you how many of those were licensed and what the accumulation of all those years had built in licensing. And that was when they really just started uh, keeping track, and we had 302 licenses. So even though we had recruited in total about 2,000 people, we had uh, 300 and uh, a few licenses. So it wasn't like we did great. This is 13 years into the business. Most of you haven't been very long in the business. Uh, and if you did, you, you played around making part-time income. Uh, we had to come in full-time and we had nothing else to pay our bills with except primary income. So when you take a look at cash flow, uh, which is the third column in, our first year in the business, we made 25,000. And we made 25,000 because I went out and wrote up enough insurance to make 25,000. Really didn't have any securities income to speak of. At that time, the securities income was $1,100. And uh, I remember working my tail off three appointments, sometimes a night, going from kitchen table to kitchen table. And then the second, when you go up to 2001, you know, we were doing 500,000 in income. In 2001, we were doing 536,000 in income. And out of that, there was 364,000 came out of securities. And so even though we still only had 300 licenses, we were still producing a lot of the securities income ourselves and we were we were really getting but when you looked at when you looked at the total submitted premium as a hierarchy in 2001 we were still only doing 700,000 so you, you look at this and you go okay so then you know what happened well we just kept doing the same thing my base shop the base shop has always recruited until 2019 i got out of the base shop business uh, we've always recruited somewhere between a minimum of five and a maximum. The biggest year we had was 2003 at 163 in the base shop. Now, there's two kinds of business in Primerica. There's a, there's a recruiting like crazy business, getting a bit of insurance and some securities and focusing 100% on those recruits, which can be depressing because most of them are going to quit or you can get really good at making money and you don't really care if anybody quits because you're still sitting on those assets. And if anybody quits, it all rolls up to you. 
and so you're fine. So the business is built so that it looks after the people that stay. The people that quit had a great experience, and hopefully they had a FIN number, and they wound up going out there and doing something with their life. And so I never had to feel bad about somebody quitting because they were generally a pretty good client. I loved them even if they quit, and I had them investing every single year. I've got all kinds of people who left and went into business, some other kind of business, that are successful, and they're friends of mine and they're clients of mine. I don't have any problem with anybody who quits. I always love it if you quit with a great attitude because if you quit with a great attitude, I can still love you. If you go to the competition, I'll probably do everything I can to trip you because I really think you ran away with a bunch of my inventory, and I don't like that. I just don't like thieves. I never did like thieves. Uh, so therefore, I'm really protective of my assets, and my assets are your assets, so I'm protective of your assets. And we're always going gonna, gonna to attack those people that try to mess around, and there's always a few. But overall, we don't really care. We are really in the business of financial independence for the client who is either an agent, an associate, or, a, or he is a, a family man who's doing something else because they didn't like Primerica. But they all want to be financially independent, and they've never once had one person in 33 years who came back and said, you shortchanged me. They've never found a better system than a FIN number. They've never been treated better than the way we treated them. And so they come back and go, oh my goodness. And so if you're on here and you want confidence, I'm gonna show you the, the, the other graph here. And this is really the graph that shows how the revenues are earned in that same code. And in 1988, when we started, we had no idea what was gonna turn out and neither do you, but we know that if we keep bringing in people and we keep getting them duly licensed, and we teach them how to run FIN presentations, that the compounding is going to happen, or they're not gonna like it, but they're gonna go away as a great client. And all those assets will roll to you. And so right at this point, I mean, when we started in 1988, our revenues were pretty equal. They were kind of coming in from, you know, from other uh, things, from insurance, from loans, from bonuses, and from security. You can see now that the bulk of our income is coming out of securities and really you know it, it's been solid as a rock and so you know when you're at this stage of the game you're really glad i talked to uh mark yaz yesterday we've been doing some stuff and he said arlie and i said you know i'm not going back in a base shop to recruit and build because i'm 72 years old i've done it i've been there for 33 years and i've got zeros in my base shop sorry if the company says I gotta run a 10,000 base shop to collect, they ain't gonna get me making any money from that crazy system. So I'm not big enough to get bonuses of any kind, so I just basically gave up on the bonuses. And that's why in 2019 and 2020, uh, the last 12 months, our income dropped by a little bit because I'm not picking up insurance bonuses. See that yellow part? That's the insurance business, and it dropped. And I knew that was going to drop the day that I got out of the, uh, rather than just, you know, fake it or lie about it. I said, no, I'm not in the base shop business. When you get out of the base shop, it triggers all the bonuses. Every one of you should stay in the base shop and run a $10,000 plus base shop if you're going to build a business. We did all through our career, 70 years old, said, okay, I'm done. I'm out of the base shop. And I have two or three little 
you know, securities agents in the base shop, and so we still run a pretty good security. So that's really that's really the you know the the long and short of of uh, you know what we're uh, wanting to show you. And uh, let me see why can't I get this back? Oh, let me get another here. Okay, I must have. Here we go. Find some pictures again. Got to have some pictures here. Got to see who I'm talking to. Can't uh, can't talk to a black screen. Get rid of cleaning this up a little bit. Okay, so anyway, it is. Uh, I don't know how long you want me to go, and it is a time when. I mean, I could open it up for questions. Uh, Trevor, I wanted to really do a good job of teaching you how to recruit. Uh, you don't have to learn anything about how to recruit. What you got to learn is how to treat people great so they want to be part of your team. And if you treat them great, you you don't, you can't keep them away. You simply can't keep them away. You know, it's funny because I'm doing business. I did business with a guy in North Dakota, and he, uh, he looked like a kind of a, I'd say kind of a broke farmer. You know, I knew he was a farmer, but he looked like a broke farmer. So I'm, you know, farmers all look broke, but then they, they sit on massive assets. So this guy, I find out he's got like multi, multi millions. And he, he goes away, Fern and I had him over for dinner and they were visiting. And then, you know, he was with another couple who's been from Minneapolis and he go they go back home and the next day he phones me, he said, can I come over and see you? Um, oh yeah, I could come to you too. He said, no, no, I'm coming over to see you. Okay. So he gets in his car and he drives back over here and he sits down and he says, I want to invest some money with you. Oh, very good. So he said, I'd like to, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of money in the bank and I got other stuff and, you know, make a long story short, the guy's wealthy, but he, he wanted me to take care of his money. And I go like, well, I really don't want to really take care of his money in North Dakota because I'm not big. That's so why I hooked him up with Eldon and the two of us got online with him. And, you know, the guy has has made three big investments and is going to make more by a long shot. And he is just so happy and so tickled that we would take care of him. And Eldon's never met him. He's in Seattle and this guy's in North Dakota. And I met him in person, but we will do business now for the rest of our career with this guy over the Zoom calls. And and we did all our business over Zoom. We didn't do it when he was here. We sent him home, he got home, and he then dialed in and we did business with him. So you're gonna have a new way of doing business. You're gonna have a new way of building your business. Thank goodness to COVID, we now have the opportunity to build a business without the crazy expenses. I mean, I wore out at least 15 cars i burned up a lot of airplane fuel i spent a fortune you know i spent a fortune on dining out i if i didn't spend a hundred grand a year on buying dinners i wasn't in business i mean it's just loony well we can't buy you dinner i'm sorry i'd like to buy you all dinner you want to meet over at the you know the local you know, slop shop over here and we'll buy you dinner. I buy the whole works. 30 dinners, 20 bucks a crack, 600 bucks. We'll do that. Hey, but we can't do it, right? And you can't do it. So we don't have to spend our time educating you on how to be smart with your money because you can't spend any anyway. You don't have to buy fancy cars to impress anybody because nobody's looking anyway. Your house, just make yourself some kind of a screen, use a green screen, and nobody cares where you're sitting. 
My clients don't care if I'm in California in the North Pole. They really don't care where I am. Neither does anybody care where you are. So get good at this stuff, and you're going to wind up having a business that is absolutely incredible. So, uh, Trevor, I don't know if you've got something you want me to cover. I know the business can be frustrating, and I know you got to keep recruiting, and I know you got to keep licensing. But at the end of the day, you better learn how to make some money. And if you make some money, it's because you're willing to set bid numbers and get people hooked on it. The, the company doesn't know how to do that. So don't go looking to Primericus or for any webinars on how to do that very well. Um, the only place you're going to learn it is either on the Larson University or you're going to learn how to run a calculator and you're going to figure out the FIN number. Now, you can run FNAs and that'll run a FIN number. If you're smart enough to get rid of 23 of the 26 pages, you can you can insure people properly. You can you can make sure they know their FIN number. But by the time you glaze them over with 26 pages of an F&A, you really don't even, they don't know what you showed them and neither do you. So you really don't hone in. There's only a few things. If you know how to set a FIN number and it's $2 million and you know how to come up with a, with a solution to get there, they're never going to forget that. If, if I show any one of you how to get your FIN number and how to get there, you're not going to forget it. If I show you how to speed it up because you joined me in business, then you're never going to forget that either. So what did I just do? I locked you in as a recruit and a client. And for goodness sakes, a client, if the recruit doesn't make it, you got a great client. If the recruit makes it, you got your self-retirement in the bag. You know that one person, if Trevor bought... This year, which he will make 200,000. Next year, double it to 400 because he'll have some people going out as RVPs and he'll start big asset movement. If, if Trevor Rutt becomes successful like I think he will, if I had nobody else I could live, I could retire on Trevor Butt. You understand our uplines, Gord Jones has one coat. Gord Jones and Margaret Jones are the, are the real. They're the real designer of the FIN number, and he has one code. It's Doug Jackson. And Doug Jackson has three codes direct to him, and one of them is myself. He has three codes. He makes very close to 900000 won't be long. It'll be a million. Gordon Margaret make 400 plus. won't be long. It'll be half a million. And we make, as a total family, about two and a half. So, you know, when we designed the FIN number, Cumulatively, we weren't making a hundred thousand, and then we took off and decided we're going to recruit, we're going to duplicate, and we're going to explode. So, anybody with any questions, you want me to touch anything, and uh, you want me to go an hour, right, Trev? Yes, thank you, Arlie. You know, I just love the just raw and honesty of, of that presentation today. That was that was absolutely amazing, and and I think sometimes, guys, we want to see. You know what you went through early, like 33 years ago. How'd you start the business? You know, and I, I love the conversations that I had with, uh, you know, with your boys. They said, you know, you're pounding your hand on a dash and frustrated and talking to Doug Jackson saying, hey, you know, I just, because sometimes when we look at you early and you're like, wow, you know, $2 million year earner, you know, like, and it gets intimidating. It's like, how can I ever get there? But you went through the same frustrations as we're going through today. And that's what I love about your honesty and just a raw truth today. So I think that was so powerful guys. And, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's we're just people. And I, you know, our William says the difference between 
you know, a $500,000 a year earner and a $50,000 a year earner is like this much, right? They just do a little bit more. They just do a little bit more, you know? And uh, I think, guys, we just got to not beat ourselves up because we don't have, we're not making a, a million dollars today, but just wake up thinking, I'm going to do a little bit more today. I'm going to do a little bit more. And that's why Bernard, he pushes that 100-point sheet. Do a little bit more every day, guys. A little bit more. And I, I just love it. So I, I don't know if anybody's got any questions for early guys. Uh, anything specific for recruiting, you know, maybe open up for, you know, we have a little four-hand flap. But, wow, I don't know about you, but that was just absolutely amazing presentation, Artie. Thank you. Sarah said she has a question. Yep. Okay. I do. Um, I really loved what you said about, like, there's just too much in that um, F&A, and to, to, you need to learn how to cut it down. So could you just repeat, like, where can yeah, we trim the fat? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> let, me, let me start by saying if you go to LarsonUniversity.com uh, and you go to, and, and the password is Finn, LarsonUniversity.com, the password is Finn, and you go in there and you find a presentation that uh, Kyle Good did. It's a kitchen table presentation and it's a video. And uh, if you watch that 100 times and quit listening to all the people, what happens is you listen to all, you listen to too many people, nothing wrong with listening to people, and then you waste your time on stuff that doesn't get you a skill set that works. So we have a process we developed long, long, long before an F&A. The F&A is the company's way of controlling compliance. Uh, we had an F&A we call it the fin number one line presentation. We had that for years and we were told you got to shut it down. It doesn't work. It's not compliant. And we just ignored it because we knew everything we showed somebody. You can show somebody the fin number presentation without a license because you're not selling mutual funds and you're not selling insurance and you're not selling anything. You can do a fin presentation without a license. You don't need a license to show somebody that they better buy some life insurance and they better start investing. You don't need that. Now, if you are licensed and you're showing it, they assume that you are now, you know, able to do business. And so you've got to be licensed. But if you are out there and you hired somebody today and you got them to watch that presentation and it can be complicated because you got to learn to run a future value calculator and you got to learn to draw one line on a piece of paper. And you got to learn to build it from scratch. But when you build it from scratch and you get the benefit, financial services should be different. It should be a different name. It should be uh, cash flow because everything to do with cash flow is what you work with. You know, people are talking right now with the mortgage business. I want the mortgage business because when I do cash flow for somebody, they can take their their whole input like we do on that on that presentation and you can literally understand that you're spending more than you're earning because your debts got out of control and you know if you're a commission salesperson and you see that they got too much debt they can't save any money well it's pretty much impossible to make any money in the securities business so you try to get them to buy life insurance and they drop it because they can't make the payment and so you're pretty scuppered, but if they got credit and you went in the mortgage business, you could rearrange their mortgage and get all the money in the world to get them financially independent, buy the right life insurance and get out of debt sooner. 
So that's where a lot of this stuff, and so really you need to understand it's all cash flow and quit worrying about anything else till you master fundamentals. And when you bring somebody in, you talk about cash flow and how are you doing? What do you work at? Are you going to stay there the rest of your life? Why don't you become part-time agent with me? And why don't we get you online watching the right kind of stuff and, and learn how to do a FIN number? Eldon, our son, he learned how to do a FIN number when he worked for Canadian Airlines. He gave me a book of tickets to fly around the country for free. I mean, I went to Beijing, went all over the country, and he's back at the hangar running FIN numbers for his buddies. Some of those people are still clients because if you're a lifetime client, we set a FIN number, you're not going to find anybody else to do that. So, so really, really understand that if you go watch a FIN presentation, and you can simplify it. Kyle did a masterful job at showing people how you get the returns, how you do the proper insurance, how you do the debt, how you do everything. And I just I just steal everything. I mean, and then we try to capture it, put it on LarsonUniversity.com and FIN number. But the company has got their way of doing things, and you got your way of doing things. And when you watch too many people telling you how to do it, and that's not you, so you got to do it your way because it's your style, and you got to make sure that you stick with your style in doing the presentation. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was really great. Thank you. I think um, I've been doing this for a couple of years, just sticking my fingers in the pie off and on, um, and I need to pull up my socks. And um, part of the problem is every time I go to POL, I just get lost and like, okay, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? What am I focusing on? I, I guess I just have adult ADHD. I just I can't focus oh, on what I'm supposed hey, to do. Hey, <laughs> let, me, let me let me share something with you guys. You know, um, we're right now. They want to take the the videos over and and basically give them to everybody, uh, and and just put them on POL like everything else. And we're just fighting that tooth and nail because they don't want us to charge for videos and they don't want you to be able to pay for them. And so LFIC is being attacked by the big bird about giving free videos to everybody. So you don't have to buy them. And what they want to do is just take them and add them to that repertoire and POL with a thousand videos already. And pretty soon you won't even know what a video is for any of the marketing stuff we're doing. And so we're just fighting it tooth and nail. We may give them free someday, the company wants to write a big check and, and take us out of distribution, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to give up distribution of the video because when we do that, we're going to be out of the business of prospecting, and we're going to be out of the business of being able to use them the way we're using them. So maybe they'll end up paying a big check to us and, and not let us charge. That's the big deal. But at the end of the day, we're not going to give up on this because we don't want another video in that, in that POL library because nobody can find anything in there and yes if you're really good you can go in there and find stuff but like sarah said man I open that thing up i look at a couple places i just shut it down and go do something profitable that's the way it gets with these companies but there's massive reason to control for compliance reasons we understand all that but we want to make sure that we've got that available so anyway we're we're just at the point where we want to make sure that we got you productive that's the key and if you're productive and you're recruiting then guess what you're going to be able to build a business 
And if you go on LarsonUniversity.com and you start learning the real reason that this hierarchy is the size it is, with the recurring income it is, then you can build that same thing for you. And you don't have to get discouraged because, come on, you're not you're not spending more than you're earning and you're building a business and you're helping your family be successful. That's what we're about. We're about helping you be successful. 30 of you be successful. We're not into, we're not into, but when you, when you get confused or you don't have a clear reason to be learning and growing and, and getting that hole in one, you don't come out with any kind of great feeling. So, that's the kind of thing that we're working on all the time. We know that we're, you know, we're going to get better and better at getting the right tools. Uh, we're going to get better and better at being able to educate you better, quicker, faster. But some things take time, and you just can't rush stuff. And you can't, you know, unless you're willing to pay a price. This does this doesn't really work very well unless you're willing to pay a price. Well. Okay, thank you guys. We'll respect everybody's time, but not every day we get to get on here early and ask ask someone like yourself some specific questions and and really get talked to one to one. So it's pretty special for us. And you know, I'm sure we'll ask you to come on again. You know, in the next uh, little while, or you know, to come on and share some of your thoughts with us if you don't mind. We sure appreciate you uh, you doing that for us. But um, I think we'll shut her down there, if that's okay, guys, because, uh, uh, again, you know, I want to respect people's time. I know, Arlie, we, we, I literally can listen to you for the next two hours, but I'm sure you got stuff to do, too. So um, so thank, thank you, you again. Really appreciate it. Arlie, do you want to just close it out for a couple of seconds, or do we just want to sure, end it here? Let me, okay. let me just say a couple of things. And okay. one, one is that if you're going to, you know, you, you're tying in and you're going to really win here, it's like a battery, you gotta plug in. And, and whether you're plugging into Saturday training, you're plugging into Monday morning calls, you're plugging into POL, where you get the best flavor is when there's a group like this and you can really, really plug in all the time and help each other understand. And if you look at your, if you look at your uh, activity for the week and you're not making sales and you're not getting recruits and you're not getting people licensed, and you're not building assets, then what you do is you go back to the drawing board and say, here's where I'm weak and here's what I got to change. And then you try and seek out that kind of help. But be honest to build a business takes recruiting and licensing and educating the people you get licensed so they're productive. And so, but there's still the numbers game. And I wish that people did, we didn't need numbers because I wish we could just all be successful, but it's not going to happen. So all I can say is plug into all the calls you can and uh, you know, we got the Monday call, Eldon and Brent are doing a Tech Tuesday call. And if you go on LarsonUniversity.com and you start looking around in there, you can send messages to Eldon, Brent, anybody, and you can start, you know, make sure you're on Telegram, make sure. The thing is with me is I just wanna be on everything that helps me grow. And because we gotta run our own businesses and we gotta be responsible for our own businesses. And we could always blame somebody for something. Well, forget it. We are responsible. If we're not where we want to be, just straight up to the mirror. Have a look. You're going to find the reasons. And the only reason I'm really good is that my wife is always coaching me behind the scenes. And uh, I am working on getting better and not being so demonstrative. But I just cannot possibly not tell you the truth. And I want to say thank you for your time. And we look forward to lots more good times together. Bye for now.
Harley, I have Thank one you. quick question, if that's okay. Sorry, okay. are you are you going to be recording your Monday morning calls ever? We are. We are one hundred percent recorded now on Facebook Live. Okay, so I can just go on to your Facebook yeah. and watch that after. Yeah, and if you awesome. have any trouble, go on Larson University and ask Eldon. But we are now recording everything we do, including the Tuesday night calls. Awesome. Uh, everything's recorded on Facebook Live, and uh, so they're they're really mastering that. So Wonder. that yeah, anytime you miss it, you go yeah. in during the week and listen to it. And that's awesome. really we should have done that a long time ago. So thank you. Thank you so much, Arlie. Anytime. Have a great week. Awesome, guys. Thank you, everybody on mute. Give a hand to Arlie. So thank you guys so much. Thanks, Arlie. Thank you, Arlie. Thanks, thank Arlie. Hi, everyone.